Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The east and the west, up north to the down south, live-wise going to keep rolling with the Dave Canales sound as we are fully immersed in Canalysis here on Wesson Walker and on WFNZ as a whole. We talk about culture a lot in sports, especially in football, and the new head coach of the Panthers says he's excited to build a winning culture here in Carolina. We're looking for championship moments, championship days, and that's got to be a full-on commitment every single time we walk in here. Um, so for me, it's about building that culture, building our language, making sure that we're using specific language. There's going to be a bunch of buzzwords being thrown around. I don't like synonyms. We all speak the same language, and we're heading in the same direction with that alignment that we talk about. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited to create that culture. Culture is what you celebrate. Culture is also what you condemn, and you say... This is a horrible looking play. Look what happened right here, guys. Boo this man, please, somebody. And then, like, at the same time, finding great opportunities from practice, from games to celebrate it. That's how you create culture, and I'm really excited to be able to do that. Walker, he he doesn't like synonyms, and he wants public booing when they're reviewing film. Maybe we don't have a pom-pom waving high school football coach running our organization anymore. Not over the top, at least. No, I thought that was funny. And you might hear some of the good old coach speak saying we want championship moments every single day. I want a little bit of coach speak, though, with my coach. Maybe just a little bit. At least something to fall back on in order to motivate There's always buzzwords that are going to uh, get you going when you hear certain things. And so, um, Dan, uh, I had to disagree with Granny Pat. I think Dan Morgan definitely got me hyped. But uh, Canal is just talking about the coach and saying, hey, you know, guys are going to be held accountable. Guys are going to have to, you know, see some of the things that aren't so great. And, uh, you know, I believe him. I think that he's got a great balance. And I think even when he delivers in negative situations, it's always going to have a positive spin on it. Uh, I'm just interested to see because he's so positive what he's going to be like when he if he gets really angry about something. Well, he said that we have buzzwords and he's one of those buzzwords is going to be first and 10 because every day is a first and 10 opportunity for him. My timelines today. How can we win today? Let's have a great uh, interaction here. Let's start talking about what football you can expect out of us. Um, And so today this looks like a win for me. And that's just the way I think. Just approaching every single day. It's first and ten. I got a new set of downs. My whole call sheet's at my disposal. um, And got a bunch of fantastic people to go to work with today. Uh, It looks like putting a great staff together for me right now. Um, It looks like getting with Dan, looking at this roster, and really coming up with with an airtight plan for who we want to become. All right, Wes. First and ten might be his buzzword. You've been in multiple locker rooms. What was your favorite buzzword or coach speak word you you heard in high school or in college? Oh, man. Um, Because Coach Grove was really good with that. He had sayings. Uh, I'll give you my favorite was probably, you know, he always told us to go out and play like our hair was on fire. He always told us that uh, no matter what. 
And uh, probably my least favorite was uh, when he'd say, when we lost games, all I know how to do is work harder. And when he said that, you would just see eyes cut across the room and everybody just looking at each other like, oh, God, practice is going to be awful this week. (laughs) All I know how to do is work harder because that means he was going to work the hell out of us. Yeah, um, that's (laughs) you didn't hate the saying. You just hated what the saying meant. Yeah, man. Or what it was going to lead to. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like playing with your hair on fire. So that yeah, one's that one, that one. That one's yeah, not. He'd always tell us that. That, that was kind of always his last mm-hmm. words before we got ready to walk out of the locker room. All right. What else you got over there, Fitty? All right. Now we'll transition and we'll hear to Dan Morgan. And maybe this cut will inspire belief in Granny Pat about her new GM. He said that he's looking for winning players on and off the field. We're going to do everything in our power to build this team the right way, not only on the field, but off the field. The type of character guys that we bring in are going to be guys that love football, play with passion, play with the relentless pursuit of greatness. All right. Yeah, so we're going like to reading off a damn cue call. Uh, Granny Pat. That's what she was telling you. <laughs> we're going to dissect some some words here. Maybe get a little conspiracy. And we played some sound earlier from Dan. Where it says he wants players that are obsessed with football, that love football, that every single day they want to be get, become better football players. You think that was his way of saying that the group that Scott Fitterer put together wasn't a football-loving group and they weren't obsessed with getting better? Or that's just something you have to say as a GM? Yeah, I, I think that that was just a general thing. You got to say that. You got to give them a little bit of the glimpse of the type of players that you're going to bring in because it's not like you're going to try to bring in all the players everybody else is. You're going to try to bring in the best players. And I'm damn sure that if that player doesn't have the greatest character in the world but he's an absolute monster, they're going to find a way to be able to uh, keep him around here. So, you know, Dan was just basically saying what everybody else says. Yeah, and the offensive line, by the way, showed up, and I saw him looking at some of the players that were there. So we saw the offensive line. We saw former Panthers legends, and it felt like that was a very player-driven message from somebody that used to be a very good one in his own right once he was in the NFL in the early 2000s. And so, yeah, this is one. I don't think that this is a specific shot to Scott Fitterer. Remember, those guys are reportedly best friends or – you know, very close with one another, having worked together in Seattle and then here again in Carolina. I don't think he was taking a shot at Scott Fitterer. He might be telling you that there definitely need to be some changes with this Panthers team. Of course there needs to be, but that's all I took it as. Guys, it finally happened. One of my many jokes about NC State, it's broken a texter. Copeland on the text line has texted a book and is mad about my tractor insults. Can we also call him Jokeland? Mm-hmm. Maybe he could take a take a joke. Yeah, the tractor stuff, man. I don't know what you have against tractors all the time, but you always put that on NC State. He does. As he does. Chapel Hill is a bustling metropolis. Well, I guess I don't really associate tractors with Chapel Hill. Me neither. I, I don't, yeah. NC State, it's they can never get away from your tractor. But Chapel Hill is a little uh, rural when you get on the outskirts, right? The outskirts of the school. I think they have pretty much the opposite reputation, though. Right. I mean, it's the wine and cheese crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, POS is like uh, Dave Dorn said. Right. Easy, Tiger. Three straight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Earlier in the show, we were talking about Greg Olson's future in the booth as a broadcaster. Well, he joined the Dan Patrick show yesterday to talk about would he request a trade from Fox to another network to be a top analyst? I'm not really in the business of making demands. You know, I'm not sitting here holding anyone's feet to the fire. Fox understands 
the position I'm in. They understand what my aspirations are. Um, and, you know, we're not sitting there banging the table and saying, we, we you have to let us, you know, I, I, I'm, we're not in that. We're not doing that. You know, we, we understand what we signed up for. Um, they understand where I, where I am and being at this stage of my career of where I want to go. And I think we're all, we understand the delicate situation that we're in, right? I, I, I understand when Tom Brady's looming over your shoulder, it's the biggest news in sports. I get it. He's Tom Brady. He's someone I've respected for damn 20 years. Um, so I, I, I understand the, the uniqueness of what's going on. And I feel like we've handled it as well as we could for the last two years. And if I can get another opportunity to call top games at Fox or somewhere else, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I think I'm, I'm right in saying that we all are uh, Kirk Herbstreet guys. We, we all like Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, I think he does a good job. Wes, you, you, you like Herbie? I do. I love Herbie. It doesn't sound right when I see him on Thursday Night Football with Al Michaels. He's a college guy. And not that he's a bad broadcaster. It just doesn't sound right. Greg Olson on Thursday Night Football with Al Michaels or whoever in the future, maybe that's where we see uh, the former Panthers tied in in the future because he's not going to be the top broadcaster at Fox or CBS. Well, the only thing I would say to that is I think Herbstreit signed a pretty lucrative deal with Amazon to do those games. I'm not sure if they're going to get him out of there just yet for Greg Olson, but I think he's going to land on his feet, and I think he's going to get a nice gig somewhere. There's going to be some shaking uh, around in the broadcast world, and somebody's going to find a space for Greg Olson to come in uh, and be a top color commentator. I, I think he's earned that. Whether you like him or not, he's earned it because he's called some of the biggest uh, of games thus far on big stages. Well, and Greg is, yeah, he's definitely earned it. I think he's answered this question a lot. He answered it from us. He answered it when he was doing the media car wash with a bunch of media outlets here in the local area. Now here he is even going on national platforms. He's had to answer this question a ton because everybody wants to know, hey, what's going on with the Greg Olson, Tom Brady dynamic? And I really don't think Greg knows. He keeps telling you that. So I, look, I have zero clue what's on the horizon for me. Tom Brady's going to step in. We did hear from Tom Brady on the Pat McAfee show when he confirmed, yep, it's going to be me. It's going to be Kevin Burkhart, not going to be a three-man booth. And Greg Olson's not going to be in the number one booth. So who knows where he's going? Greg has been consistent in his messaging that we understand the situation we're in. And he knew what he signed up for two years ago. And I think he's been, I guess, real mature. Not that I would expect anything differently from that, but that has been the consistent message. I know what's happening, and now i got to go find what the next opportunity is. He does love this. He loves it. And what's interesting talking to him about it is he loves being in the coaches' rooms talking ball. He says he loves talking different philosophies in football. He loves talking about the effects that the advanced metrics and analytics have on the NFL, understanding it. He likes teaching the game, and you don't get a bigger audience than calling the biggest games in the NFL playoffs. And so the fact that he's able to do that now, I have to imagine that he'll find other big games to call somewhere. The Amazon stuff, Biddy, I get it. Like, I, it just feels weird because you're catching Al Michaels at the tail end of his career, and we've had so much criticism of Al Michaels despite being on the Mount Rushmore, as far as I'm concerned, of best play-by-play announcers of all time. We've always criticized him about not loving doing this anymore, not being excited about some of the games that you've had on Thursday Night Football. 
So do you want Al Michaels and Greg Olson to do it? And Thursday Night Football often gets bad games. I don't know. I'm with you. If it means Amazon or nothing, then do Amazon. But I just hope he's able to land somewhere else. All right. No sound here, but did want to work in uh, this topic really quick. The Hornets lost last night at home to the Bulls, 117 to 110. To complete an 0-4 homestand. But Walker last night was a close defeat. It was a competitive defeat, if you will. What did you make of uh, the recent four-game homestand for the Bugs? And what's the future for this team now as they sit at 10-35, and 10-36? and 36? Hey, that Terry Rogier was looking directly into my eyeballs when saying... The Hornets have losing in their DNA because I was here for the moral victory. (laughs) I desperately wanted, no, not a good performance. I wanted a respectable performance. The bar is on the ground. I need to be able to step over it. And if I can clear the bar on the ground, I'm good. I couldn't see them go out against the Chicago Bulls and get beat by 20. That didn't happen. No third quarter collapse. Thank God. You got to the fourth quarter. It was tight. Chicago had to make a bunch of buckets at the end. Kobe White just couldn't be stopped. He was blown by everybody at the point of attack. He's too quick, and he might flirt around and win most improved player of the year award. He's been that good. So you lost a close game against a Chicago team that's on the rise, and you did it with so many injuries, and I thought the effort was pretty good from them. So often when a team loses, it's, oh, their effort is terrible, and we just slap that on as analysis, and then we move on. Their effort's terrible. Their effort's terrible. Effort was good last night. They executed as best as they could, and I think somebody on the text line had it correctly saying that was a not-as-much-talent-on-the-team kind of loss. They don't have Kobe White that's making that emergence. They don't have a top-five defensive guard in the NBA like Alex Caruso. They don't have an old wily vet that can hit tough shots into Rosen. Then they don't have a two-time All-Star like Nikola Vucevic. You just got out-talented last night. The forwards are great. P.J., Miles, Brandon all went for over 20 points. They were fantastic. They just didn't have anybody else that could help them. Yeah, and so that's what you want to see from this team, man. The fans want to see a fight until the end. We, we get tired of seeing the blowouts every single night because that gives the perception more than anything that this team doesn't care and that losing culture that they've talked about in the DNA that Terry talked about. And so for this team to battle, hey, we're at the point where it is about moral victories with the Charlotte Hornets, man, because you don't feel like going into hardly any games. They've lost to the worst teams in the league, the Pistons, the Spurs. So it's not like you go into any game with the confidence that they will win. But if they're battling and playing against relatively decent teams and keeping it close up until the end, I think that's all you can hope for at this point. Yeah, the title of the podcast for Lockdown Hornets, the episode that I released last night, early this morning, the title is The Charlotte Hornets Are Only Talented Enough for Moral Victories. And so if that's the only kind of victory that you can get, I'm going to take it. Yeah, Terry. I'm the one you speak of when so I have to lose. does it make them 1-0 uh, and oh in moral victories? Or uh, I'd say they probably got a couple this year. Maybe they probably have a couple. Four, yeah. Three, like I I live this. I talk about them every day. <laughs> Losing is absolutely in my DNA. <laughs> Terry Rozier wasn't lying. What else you got, Fitty? I was just going to ask, is there such a thing as a moral loss? Like you got moral victories. No, I saw you. Well, moral victory and moral loss is the same thing. Well, was a moral loss when you win, but like did North Carolina have a couple of moral losses before they actually lost to Georgia Tech? No, because at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, we don't believe in moral No, losses. that's cap fitted because I've heard you come in here when y'all barely beat some teams and you like, that's as good as a loss to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've heard you say that before, man. You ain't man, getting you away got, with that. You've got that selective hearing, man. Nah, uh, you ain't getting away with that, man. You cap, <laughs> cap daddy. Well, I mean, everything at Wake Forest is a moral victory, so oh, we got actual victories. Was our ACC football championship that you guys haven't gotten since the 80s, was that a moral victory or yeah. what? Let me know. This is a man that just brushed up on the history. You cannot mess with this man yeah, right now. Let, let, let me know when y'all get an ACC championship in football and keep losing in the championship game, okay? I just want to know, will Wes have a moral victory on February 11th when the Chiefs win their third Super Bowl in four well, years? Well, you better keep praying. That uh, they don't win because if they do win, <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not showing up Monday. Ages. I'm just taking the day off. You yeah, get sloppy. You might as well. <laughs> you might as well. All right. <laughs>